On today's Domain Sherpa Review, top brokers Andrew Rosner and Jeff Gabriel discuss domains recently bought or sold, different approaches to relationships in the um, broker-client relationship, and also we discuss the financial markets right now and how specifically to um, approach a domain sale and to structure it uh, for Q4 2020. Enjoy the show. Hey, Sherpa Network. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Tess Diaz, executive producer of DomainSherpa.com, and this is the Domain Sherpa Review. This is a show where we get into the minds of successful domain name investors using real examples so we can learn strategies and tactics to become better investors ourselves. We have three segments to the review. We'll start off learning what the Sherpas recently bought or sold. Next, we'll preview some domains going to auction soon at namejet.com. And for the third section, we will be discussing a little bit about the financial markets and some interesting conversation. Uh, so joining us today, we have two past Sherpas and industry thought leaders, uh, Jeff Gabriel of saw.com. Hi, Jeff. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good to hear. And Andrew Rosner of Media Options. Hello, Drew. Hello. <laughs> you guys are brief today. I know, okay. right? Let's go. <laughs> so, actually, they're all out of words from all our pregame conversations. Um, so, Which was not public appropriate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, part one what's new, Sherpas? Um, so, one purchase or sale you've made over the past few weeks. And we want to learn what you've paid or received for the domain, why you thought it was a good deal, and how the negotiations progressed. So, um, Jeff, you are up first. No pricing. What's a name you recently bought or sold? Um, a name that uh, we, we recently sold. Now, this one was under some, uh, we were discussing this for a little while, and, and it's kind of um, one that is just a really specific name. Um, so, uh, it's called essiacht.com. Wow. That is officially the most difficult name for the radio test. It's spelled E-S-S-I-A-C-T-E-A.com. Essiacht. Okay. E S. I feel like I'm at a tremendous disadvantage here since I have no clue what it does. It could be a billion dollar industry or it could be four people on the earth that drink Essiacht tea. Very interesting. Okay, seact.com. What we do know is that Drew has certainly taught me about the value of tea online. And we also know there is zero way that passes the radio test. Uh, so, interesting one. And this was an acquisition or a sale? This was a sale. A sale, so an outbound sale. Like you yep. literally had to call multiple people and say, we would you it, like yeah. to buy SEAC T? We sold. Okay. Going right. in blind, Drew. Um, what do you think? I'm gonna say SEAC T. Um, this isn't this isn't a world record here, guys. This isn't this amazing, no, no. unbelievable no. sale. SEAC T. I mean, I'm gonna go out on a limb. My gut instinct is to say like 25, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say like 48. Okay. Tess, I think you should guess since we don't have any other guests today. Hmm. Well, 
Jeff, I wish you hadn't given your little hint of it isn't a world record. <laughs> um, I think generally saw.com doesn't outbound broker names of super low value. Um, I wonder if there was only one buyer. I know that for media options, sometimes if there's a specific buyer, maybe you bought a domain for a different purpose and then a company develops with that same unique name. Um, maybe there's some outreach. Um, hmm. Um, SEACT.com. I'm going to go low, um, even though I don't know why you're bringing it up. That I'm missing the psychology no. for this. Um, I'm looking, I want to talk about more of a unique name because, I mean, we have, uh, we have another name we sold that's like, you know, it's, um, we sold for the mid six figures and I think that'd be easy to talk about, but I have this kind of this obscure one out of left field. I thought it'd be more interesting to, to discuss. Okay. I'm going to say $15,000. You actually nailed it right on the nose. Boom! Boom. Nailed it! That's more often. So it was one of those, we tried a couple places. Um, this is a tea you drink if you supposedly have cancer and it helps cure it, but there's absolutely zero proof that it does anything for anybody. Yeah. So I found it to be, you know, and if you look at um, spiced tea, I think that's owned by um, uh, the name find portfolio. And you look at some of the other sales that have occurred, like organic tea and stuff have sold for around that price or less. And it's like, wow, you know, so I thought that was just a good, a good sale. Um, and it was a, a unique one because we don't usually sell names like this um, on a regular basis or even entertain trying to sell them. It's not really that interesting to us, but I thought you guys would find that one to be interesting. Hmm. S-E-A-C-T. So even well, though it doesn't pass looking. the radio test, people who have cancer and are really motivated looking at alternative, unproven, probably don't work treatments, they're going to know this word. They're going to know how to spell it. There's probably some good search volume. So what made you agree to take it on and how many buyers did you approach? Um, this is what we do as a company is that when we take on a, uh, what we do is represent usually typically an entire portfolio. So we don't just, people will come to us and say, we have, you know, 500, we own 500 names. Which one do you want to take on? And, and that's not really the strategy that we take. So what we would say is we'd want to work with you on all 500 of your names and then put our for sale landers on those. And then as opportunities come in, or we see names that pique our interests at our price at a reasonable amount, then we're going to do some outbound on those particular names, right? So like if Media Options was a name as part of Drew's portfolio, and we said, wait, there's a lot of different media companies out there that you know, perhaps would be willing to spend the hundreds of millions of dollars that domain is worth, you know, we would then do some basic, you know, outbound campaigning and, and, and working on that. And let's say he has like a few super gems that are really nice and we would do like press releases and additional. So this isn't one of those that commanded, you know, the whole marching band and, and everything to do, but it was worth doing some work, you know, to get the word out and, and to let people know and, and somebody nibbled. Now, there's a lot of different other names that were in this portfolio that we were doing a lot of other outbound for as well to add that extra value rather than just, you know, kind of sitting there and waiting on all the names, which we do sit and wait on a good number of names as well, you know, but there's others that seem like it's a competitive spot. So like the idea would be Drew gets an inquiry on one of his names or we get an inquiry on their name. First thing you do, what everyone does is they Google it. So if you see that there's a lot of different companies offering this product or service or it's a brandable or named that, then 
it would behoove you to then start to go and say, hey, are you interested? Hey, are you interested? Hey, are you interested? Yeah. Because now you've come across something of value, right? Rather than just working with that buyer and potentially selling and, short, right? You know, I, I have also actually recently sort of, like I said, changed my tune, but I'm, I'm beginning to change my tune across, you know, that sort of mindset. Um, you know, we have a different strategy, as you know, but like, I... I I'm willing to take on some smaller names when I think that they're interesting or it's an interesting area because I think like, you know, Chris and I talk a lot of, all the time about advertising and I just don't find advertising to be a very effective channel for a domain broker because like as a domain broker, I guess if you break it down, your job is like, you know, 90% timing, 10%, you know, work, right? It's, it's like, you gotta get you know you gotta get the right name in front of the right person at the right time, and then you know the price matters, but it's less important than the timing. And so, um, I feel like the type of marketing that's actually effective uh, is getting you know layups or smaller names, even if it's like all right. Normally, I'm I'm not thinking about this in terms of the commission is worth my time, but it's putting us in contact with more companies, especially if it's an industry we want exposure in. And, you know, it's just more conversations leads to more deals, period, um, in any type of sales, right? So more conversation, more sales. So, yeah, I, I can look at it a little bit like marketing on some of these smaller names. It's like, it's just good marketing. Just get, get you out there, put your stake in the ground. I also think um, me as a salesperson, personally, I like to have things going on and happening. Yeah. You know, if I did, if I did one sale a year and made the same amount of money, if I did a hundred, oh, I'm sorry, that's the position you're in, man. Yeah. Right. I, w I wish I could help. Yeah. But I'd like, I'd rather, but I, I'd rather be doing like averaging eight yes. or 10 deals a month personally than, than doing two hundred a year or five, because you just get, it just keeps you rocking and rolling and like, you know, you're feeling good. Even if you do. You got to stay in a rhythm. It's all yeah, about absolutely. staying in a rhythm. I mean, absolutely. I respect the rocking and rolling and the rhythm, but on top of that, it's the, uh, almost the muscle memory, the practicing of overcoming objections, hearing what's on the current market type, you know, like Google makes some tiny change. There are all these new different objections or maybe the political landscape is, in turmoil and therefore there's some really interesting financial changes across the country. Um, you know, you want to know what's happening each, each moment. So good for you. That's Absolutely. pretty cool. What was your asking price on it and why? Uh, the asking price I believe was about 25 or $30,000 if I can remember off the top of my head. And that's just one of those names. Like when I worked at Uniregistry for, for Frank Schilling, it, it's like they, you kind of just put some names in, into particular buckets and you just, want to put a price on it and whether it's worth a little less or a little bit more, you kind of just stick with that number. So it doesn't blow away the buyer that you're inquiring with. Um, at the same time, it doesn't sell it short. Right. So mm -hmm. and it leaves a little bit of breathing room in there for the negotiation. Nice. Good for you. All right. Congrats. S E X T. Don't buy it. Go see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my attitude would be if I was diagnosed with cancer and I saw this tea online that might help cure it. I mean, 
even going through the, all the other stuff that unfortunately people have to go through, I mean, I'd probably be drinking a gallon of that a day, even if there's a one one thousandth of a percent chance it's going to cure. Right. So yeah. I'd be doing anything, you know, like jumping in a circle and into in, in if someone told me that works. Right. So, or whatever. Yeah. Um, makes sense. Uh, good point. Uh, Drew, what'd you buy or sell lately? Uh, hold on. I had one. I actually just forgot. Uh, hold on. <laughs> what was it? Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I'll talk about a sale. Uh, it was, it was a name we owned, uh, and it just sold, uh, it sold via GoDaddy. Uh, no, actually it sold via University. Right. I, I think it sold by after Nick via the new Uniregistry integration. And it was interesting because it, I, I didn't necessarily know that I had this to be priced. I had priced an inquiry that came in through the Uniregistry marketplace five years ago. <laughs> Somehow that got stuck as a buy it now price. And so somebody came along and clicked buy it now and after Nick and, and the name sold. And the name is Roso.com, R-O-S-O. Rosso.com. So an Italian restaurant or Italian company bought it? I, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything on it actually yet. Let's see. Okay. So we have a CV, CV, uh, easy oh, to it's still, say. It's still forwarding to. Yeah, they haven't updated. Nope. Hmm. But Jeff, you're not allowed to look at anything. Quick, okay. hurry. This has to be an uninformed decision. R-O-S-O, I would probably say, uh, the buy it now, I'd probably say like uh, $22,000 from five years ago. Uh, uh, $32,000. This, this game is hard when there's only one participant. <laughs> just that? It's more like ping pong if there's only one participant. Yeah. Uh, so it was 38, 38, right. which I, which I thought was light to be honest. I, I, you know, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't hate that sale, but you know, R O S O repeating vowel, very pronounceable, nice little brand. I don't know that there's anybody in that space. And so it's kind of a clean slate. Um, I would think so. But I mean, with that pronunciation, you usually have a double S so like Rosso or Rossi, yeah. or like, you know, something like that. I mean, I think it's a good name. Um, I wonder if it has a meaning. Does that have any meaning in Spanish, phonetically or anything? No, no, it's like some, you know, it's, it's like a weird alternative form, you know, of the word red or pink or something else in like a variety of different languages. But like, you know, it's not like a primary form. It's like some, you know. Yeah, it's not gonna be used as a color, but it connotes a color. It has, you know, the repeating vowel. You're right, you know, R-O-S-S-O, maybe a misspell. Um, mm -hmm. It sounds like a restaurant, a brand for just about anything. Um, what would you price it for today, Drew, if you I would have, not, you know, not a ton more. I probably would have put it with a 75,000 ask and a 50,000 floor, um, you know, if I did it again. But, you know, It's okay. I, you know, I think four letter dot coms are just like the holy grail. I think that, you know, they're really the gold standard when it comes to brands. And so, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's getting harder and harder to find a four letter pronounceable, whether it's a word or not. 
said good, clean, fourletter.com that's easy to pronounce. That just feels very cheap to me. But, you know, that doesn't mean the market's there, but it just feels cheap to me. When I see what these things can go for when somebody comes and wants it, I, I think that's cheap. But, you know, I'm also not, you know, real upset with that sale. I wouldn't be either. Um, and I think you'd be upset if you price it a lot less a long time ago and you're going to say, well, what the hell? I didn't agree to that price. Right. Yeah. Do you think that domains have only risen in, you know, so basically what we're saying is $12,000 difference, 38 to 50 floor. Right. Do you think that you just randomly priced it really high five years ago? Do you think that's an accurate? Well, to be fair, I had a $25,000 floor and they came in originally, I think you think there was like a lower offer that was near the floor. And I was like, no, that ain't happening. And I didn't realize there was a, a bid price. So uh, you would have taken 25 and I said 22. So I, was, I did pretty good there. All right. Well, no, no, 25 was the floor I had set five yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so my point was to test his comment that even though she's saying it's only a $12,000 difference, Actually, if we're comparing floor to floor, because I was saying I think I would have had a 75 ask and a 54 if I was doing it today. And at that point, I had, a, let's say, a 50 ask and a 25 floor. So, you know, we probably added somewhere between 30 to 50% in value in that period of time, if I had to guess. Broad stroke, high-end names. Five, I said five years ago, when you said uh, I priced it five years ago, I immediately thought cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, enough said, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Enough said. Agreed. All right. Um, this was the quickest part one Sherpas ever. Um, congrats on each of your uh, sales. Uh, let's take a moment. We'll hear from our advertisers for today's show who support us in our mission to educate folks in the domain industry. Media Options is the industry-leading domain broker specializing in domain acquisitions, high-value domain sales, and domain name consultation. As pioneers and thought leaders on the subject of the domain aftermarket and domain name value, plus through their clear domain acquisition service, Media Options offers startups and established corporations an unparalleled scope of high-value domain options, providing access to domain names and curation technologies not available elsewhere. Media Options believes in the power of a great domain name and is dedicated to helping you obtain yours. Call or email today to put a domain to work for you. So it's time for our marketplace list. This segment is sponsored by Namejet. We're reviewing domains heading to auction soon. If you like one of the names below, you do need to click through because once they go to auction, you're not able to either bid anymore or even just to watch what's going on. So um, let's get started for transparency. You guys don't own or nor are you brokering any of the names on the list, correct? Negative. Okay, Drew, you're up first. What are your thoughts? Um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I don't love any of these names, I have to say. Um, I think homeparty.com is the one that really pops out at me as like, you know, that's a great name. It's timely. You know, I think it could be like a killer app. You know, somebody's got to figure out how to do a better Zoom party. 
So I think homepartner.com is, is a cool name uh, that's timely and it's the right form and it's the right words and it's the right combo. I, I, I like it. I like it better than, you know, house party is also obviously kind of more of the term, but for whatever reason, I like home party almost a little better. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe not, but, but I like it. I like the name. Um, search engine ranking is kind of like, you know, the most valuable in terms of just a generic value. It's, but I also know that we've tried to sell search engine optimization.com and seo.net. I think we're still selling seo.net. Um, very hard, very hard to sell. The, the people in the industry, uh, you know, believe that they can rank any domain and they don't put, I, it's, a, it's a strange thing. The agencies are very different than the people that are actually really good at SEO, in my experience. And so, um, uh, <laughs> um, it, it's been a, that, it, it's a tough name, I think, to sell. But you never know. Somebody comes along, might you know, hit the bid. Um, I, I I also really like DoubleYourMoney.com, but the thing is, it's like it's one of those things. It's false friend, probably, because in the end, it's like easy money, kind of slimy. Generally, a bit slimy. You know, you just. I was waiting for both of you to knock double your money to be like, in the domain industry, that isn't a big enough return. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know that, that sales guy, what is his name? I think his name is like Grant Cardone, where everything's yeah. 10x. It just kind of makes me yeah, feel yeah, 10x. Like, you know, 10x, like, you know, no good. You or, go into it knowing there's like some, some grease there. It's like, yeah. Yeah. That, that, at least where I live now, when I moved back from came in and I, I would go on YouTube. Now I get all the like um, guys driving in their cars, like kind of like Don LaPree telling me how to double my money with search engine advertising and, um, and all kinds of other things like that. And that's de definitely be like one of the websites that they would point you to is these schemes your money. constantly on YouTube with this guy just using like his VHS camera from the eighties uh, for his advertising. I, so I mean, at the end of the day though, it's like, a great sales book. It's a good brand. I mean, people like yeah. that stuff. People fall for it. Yeah. So I think it's a good name. Um, what I call my name, unfortunately. Yeah. Is that the kind of name that would be used for space? Like there are certain industries where there can be some great names, but nobody will pay a lot because everyone in that industry just spams and then throws away the domain once they, they're done or spams sure. or does you know, gets blacklisted in Google or whatever. Yeah, I, I probably if you do your homework, I, I you know, I, I there's probably a high probability that that thing has some 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 hair on it. I'm uh, sure it does. <laughs> but <laughs> probably but, like three uh, times over now too. Yeah, I have yeah. never heard that saying, but now I kind of want to see it like in a logo of double your money with some creepy. I feel like it should be like the marketing domain from like the United States Federal Reserve. You know, yeah. double your money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so, searengineranking.com. What is there a price you would actually put on that that you would recommend? Yeah, you know, it's one of those tricky things. It's like, you know, if you go by the numbers, which is what I preach, then, you know, that's a fifty dollars to $75,000 domain. I, I will not tell you that I think you could sell that for fifty dollars to $75,000. So, I think that, you know, you probably find a buyer pretty easy for 10 grand, um, but you're gonna still work. You know, it's not like a layup probably, but you know, it probably somewhere in the 10 to 25 range is like 
full value of what I think it realistically could sell for. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, I don't think, you know, I think again, it's, it's, it's going to look better on paper than it, it is in, if you go out to market with it. Got it. Okay. Thanks. Jeff, what home do you party, think? Home party though, you know, it's like, I like that name because it's like, you know, I bet you get homeparty.com for under a grand and it's like, you know, I'll probably bid on it and, you know, I bet, you know, when and if it does sell, it's 25. Or I think, yeah. I've been looking at uh, these while Drew's been talking and he's hit pretty much all the ones that I wanted to talk about. Um, with search engine ranking, I mean, I haven't had the experience of trying to sell a specific SEO style of domain, but Drew definitely will agree to this is that he's certainly tried to sell domains to people in the SEO industry who represent their clients. And, and you know, the way I look at it is in a lot of the cases is that they don't want to spend too much on the domain because it eats away from their budget. hundred percent. Right. hundred percent. But the thing is that I've said to people who, who do SEO and when I'm talking to them and they're objecting to spending and their, their attitude is, well, I could register any name and get it to the top of the rankings. And I'm like, you're right, you can. But the reality is, is that the person who's going to click on that service isn't loyal to your company and they're going to yeah. look at the ones others and look for them as well. So you need a domain name to help legitimize your business rather than just SEOing anything to the top. And SEO is an extremely competitive business. It is an extremely questionable business. There's a lot, just like, there's a lot of questionable domain brokers out there, but you don't necessarily know by, I could spend $100,000 with an SEO company and they could either get my domain name banned, they could just keep the money and really don't do anything, they don't really know what they're yeah. doing. Uh, they can try things that don't work and they just haven't, and you're their guinea pig, like you just don't know but I do think they still need a decent domain. But is it going to get you, you know, 100K from them? No. Selling it, like Drew said, 10, 15, 20 grand? Yeah. So buying it at an Aimjet auction for 50, 1,500 bucks, I think, is a good investment. I, I, generally, I generally do. I wouldn't get up to like four or five on it, but, you know, 1,000 bucks, a little bit around that, sure, I'd buy that. You know, double your money. I, as a salesperson, I don't like gimmicks, personally, right? And... I was telling you guys before that our family's moving. I was calling moving companies and they would be like on the phone with me and they'd say, I have a deal from you today, only today, but you have to give, you, give me your deposit now. And, I'd be, and then they'd be like, are you a AAA member? Oh, wow, I'm gonna give you an even bigger discount. Hold on, let me see if I can do even better. I'm gonna go talk to my manager. And I'm just like sitting here at my desk, like, come on, this is like the yeah. weakest the weakest sales pitch I've ever heard. And I'm just like, can you just send me the quote in writing? And they're like, oh, we can't until you pay the $200 deposit. <laughs> like, it's just these scams, right? So like double your money. If people want to do the Don LaPree or any of these other sales books that are going to make you a million dollars overnight, yeah, there's value there. That's a huge, I'm sure, a billion dollar industry. So that's a great name. Drew's right with Home Party. I guess, you know, I've, I crossed that threshold into 40 this year, so I'm not really feeling the home party. I'm more of like the four, the three of us, you know, maybe yeah. our wives or significant others, and we have some drinks and some fun talking, but like 30 party and a, 30 people in a Zoom room all talking at each other is weird. Yeah. I find it really yeah. strange. And I don't, I'm not really that into it, um, but yeah, I can see the value there. Um, you know, another good name, uh, is feed me. Um, I think that's a really good name. And I think, 
Um, I don't know if you guys saw the class action lawsuit that is against Grubhub right now. Um, apparently, they signed up hundreds of thousands of restaurants that weren't, didn't want to sign up. And what they did was is that they told the delivery people not to tell them that they worked for Grubhub. And so they were taking inaccurate menus people were ordering off of. These people would pick up food and it wasn't the right order, bring it to the house after they marked it up 30%. The orders were wrong. People were calling the restaurants the restaurant. saying, uh, my, my order's wrong and it's fucked up or whatever. And they're like, who are you? You don't even know who you are. They're going to get hosed too because they, oh. they were out of line. They, were, they, they ruined were the reputation of, of how, many, how many local businesses? Thousands of local, restaurants. Local restaurants. Oh, they're going to yeah. get smashed. They're going to get hosed. So yeah. a good ethical like group of, of deliverers or something like that, feed me or like even, you know, the, I'm, I'm noticing there's a lot of the um, businesses that give all their profits to charities. So they're not necessarily going to use a .org, but good feedme.org, I mean, feedme.com will be good. Or an, another kind of business thing, you know, like give me deals or something like that. I think that could be used for a ton of great ideas. I really like that name a lot. It's an action one. Um, I think that's pretty good too. So um, <laughs> I just me. eating white meat. I mean, we know what white meat is. It's pork. I was, you, leaving that, I was leaving white meat for you. I knew you were going to like that one. Yeah, we'll make it a dating site, right? You know, <laughs> so you have like... Um, you have one for African-Americans, you have one for, for those who are Jewish, you have all different kinds. I mean, you know, there's, I guess it's that like Christian singles, maybe it might be it, I don't know. But um, that could be like the grinder site for that. <laughs> <laughs> I never know what I am gonna learn on Domain Sherpa. Well, that's a little edgy, but I mean, what else, you know, or you could sell pork on it, but I think that's too limiting. And, and like right now we're selling dinner and takeout and we've gotten a lot of good offers on the names. Um, but I think- You're selling dinner.com and takeout.com. Yeah, we're uh, representing those. Uh, Brooke Hernandez is uh, working the most on those. So if you have someone who's interested in that, or you are, you can go to brooke at saw.com. She'd be, love to talk to you about them. Um, but yeah, I think white meat are good. It's, it's good. You know, it's one of the one of the most consumed meats, at least in the United States and all of the world. So having that is not a bad name either, right? So yeah, I just don't think certainly it's unforgettable. Uh, what about I think you know Tyson should use that. I mean, you know, talk about a, a, a you know any press is good press, right? So you know, Tyson goes out and runs a campaign on whitemeat.com, like. It's going to be controversial, but you know yeah. you're going to take an otherwise irrelevant brand and and you know make it put in everybody's. You know he it. lives here. Like I've bumped into him twice at the mall and at uh, in the is that Ross Perot getting sauce in the grocery store. Ross Perot died. What? Ross well, Perot died. Perot, no, what, what was his? No, he was Purdue chicken. Purdue, yeah, the old guy, the Purdue he guy. Was Purdue. Yeah. yeah. Who's Tyson? Who's Tyson? Tyson Chicken is um, was just bought by a Chinese company. They're one of the biggest producers of uh, chicken in the in the world. You don't know Tyson Chicken? You've never heard of them? No, of course I know Tyson. I'm saying who's the owner? Oh, I mean it's a publicly traded company now. But you're thinking of the Purdue guy, right? Tess? Me? I thought you were talking about Mike Tyson. Oh, Mike Tyson. He lives in Arizona. Oh, Mike Tyson. No, I'm talking about Tyson oh. Chicken. Yeah, I don't think Mike Tyson. Oh, no, Mike Tyson white meat owning whitemeat.com would be hilarious. And everything <laughs> well, that you said you know, made oh sense. Oh, my God. Tess just took this in an entirely new direction. <laughs> yeah. My dating idea was bad. Wait a minute. Do you guys know what, like, Jeff, how old's your oldest kid? 
Seven. Okay, yeah, no. Let me tell you some things. No. So, you know, Ragu had this commercial that was all the rage like 10 years ago, but they know they don't put it on like TV. It's their like YouTube and different stuff like that. And the one like 10 years ago was about walking in. It's a teenage boy walks in on mom and dad in the bedroom. And it's like, oh, some days you just need comfort. And they're eating ragu. Wow. Um, And then just a couple weeks ago, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese had a whole campaign. um, Send nudes. But nudes like noodles and it was all the teenagers knew about it and I'm like this is nowhere I even like kind of tried to google it a little bit at first on purpose like in ways like a like like I feel like that's a slight that's a that that, much of that makes me comfortable crack I know it doesn't make me comfortable either you know like in, in the midst of like a pedophilia scandal left and right. Okay, yep. But that's what, I mean, I don't know why these um, brands are so into targeting teenagers. Um, Well, that's the next step. They got to keep that craft magazine. Because they grow up into being, you know, people. Yeah, Yeah, no, no, I get it, I get it. But with, the end of my sentence was with sex. Um, You know, craft is also... Kraft is the same company that owns Philip Morris. Maybe they'll get them to buy a pack of smokes after they have sex. You know, they have the Kraft cheese, <laughs> they have sex, and they have a cigarette. Full life cycle. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um, we didn't talk about solar panel kits. What's going on in the solar world? I mean, that was like all the rage for a minute. And then Sky Bank, like it sounds like a legit bank, even if it's not a legit bank, it sounds like one. And if it is a legit yeah, bank, but, it's only 12 legit banks. What's a solar but if it is a legit kid? bank, it's a trademark problem. And, you know. Even if there are 12 uh, banks with that name? Yeah, problem. Like, what, okay. What's your argument? You know, I mean, somebody files UDRP against you. you know, so I always look at it like, all right, sure, maybe there's 12 companies that own that, that have that name. I don't know. But even if there are, if somebody files UDRP against you, like, how are you going to defend yourself on Skybank? Like, you bought that domain to sell it to who? Like, what were you? Do you have a banking license? Like, what, what was your intention? Were you planning on tokenizing the sky and putting in? You Maybe know, you want to put seeds up in the clouds in case something happens and you have a, uh, a solar powered uh, thing that you're going to put up there to do it. Wow, yeah, Jeff, you should have been an attorney. I, I think okay, what about hard... solar panel kits? What is a solar panel kit? Yeah. I don't know, you but I'll sell it. Online to power a light bulb? Like, what are you going to do? You know? I don't know. I don't like that. I just don't like it. Do you like How ours? many people are installing their own solar panels? You know what I mean? Like, that's a niche market. Pass. People are calling Solar City and they're coming and having it installed. Yep, exactly. I think you guys answer all the questions. Uh, good job. Uh, I don't want to see whatever happens with whitemeat.com. Um, <laughs> sorry, he's going to buy it. That's what's going to happen to it. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm super excited about our third segment. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsors who support us in our educational mission. FD was built by domain investors to increase your inquiries, sales, and profit. Forget spreadsheets and archived emails. Manage your entire investment portfolio in one place using a secure and completely confidential platform. 
Learn more at FT.com. That's E-F-T-Y, FT.com. So our third section here, generally we try to look at some type of market trend. Jeff Gabriel, you had a really interesting um, uh, topic for discussion. Why don't you tell us your story? All right. So anybody who's listening right now, today is election day. Now we're not going to get into a political discussion about what's going to happen or who we want to win or anything like that. Um, but a colleague of mine um, told me, so uh, he owns his own financial planning firm. He went to a webinar with the, um, I believe one of the top or the CEO of Raymond James and, an- and a- another presenter, another very high up person or CEO, whoever at BlackRock. And what they said is during a typical election year, since after the depression adjusted for inflation, Americans uh, keep on average $150 billion on top of their normal uh, amounts of money in mar- uh, money market accounts leading up to elections. So they squirrel so away some extra cash. Yeah, they like sell stocks or bonds or other things and, and get themselves liquid in some way, shape, or form and put it into a money market account beyond what their standard amount of cash is. So in the United States, the average amount is, before an election, is $150 billion. So, and that's really cool. Adjusted for inflation every election since the Depression. Okay. Correct. And so... Um, I was playing guess with Drew before the video, and then we decided to turn it into a, um, a discussion because I never got to the question, so let's add it into the show. So the amount leading up to this election that has been squirreled away or you know, has been liquidated from stocks and things like that is $750 billion more than just the average. So you're almost, you're about five times higher than the average, right? Um, now, my question, to both of you is, um, it's two parts. The first part is what, what do you think is going to happen to the stock market? Let's pretend that the president isn't really gonna have a lot to do with it because people are gonna be sitting on, have been sitting on a lot of money. So they're gonna, obviously we're gonna see it go down or gonna go up or whatever direction it's gonna go, but then it's gonna kind of go back to normal because short term, a new or staying president can't really do much. So people are gonna, do you think they're going to keep it on the sidelines and they're going to invest it back in? And what does that do to the value of domains in the short and long term? And then also, what do you think is going to happen um, with the value of Bitcoin when there's $750 billion or people aren't thinking about keeping their money sheltered in Bitcoin because the election has passed and now they're going to potentially sell out of it? Do you see, think there's going to be a dip? you know, like, uh, I guess like a price of gold. So it's a long question. So we can do it in different parts. So, so with a $750 billion, Drew, what do you think is going to happen to it three or four days from now or in the next two weeks? Let's just start there. What do you think is going to happen right. to that money? So here's what's going to happen. If Trump wins, stock market, financial assets skyrocket. They, you know, we basically just continuation of the bull cycle that we've been in. You know, uh, but in connection with that, real hard productive assets also increase. Um, and I think you're looking at significant appreciation, you know, 20, 30 percent annual appreciation for the next, you know, four or five years. Um, 
which you can call that appreciation or you can call that inflation. It depends on your perspective. Um, I would call it, you know, inflation because, it, you know, I, I don't think that any of those assets are becoming more productive. So you're only driving up their already irrational values. And so it's really inflation. So it's an inflation against people holding that cash. Um, and then if Biden wins, same thing on um, financial markets, maybe to a lesser extent because there's a tax hedge. Um, but I think we see a continuation. Let's say, you know, I don't know, maybe there's a, 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 a 15 to 25% difference between those things. Could be, could be higher, could be, could be significantly higher. Um, I, I could see a complete and utter insanity in a Trump victory of the of financial assets just going nuts. Um, long treasuries going, uh, you know, like serious, what, serious. What do you think happens if, what do you think if happens if Biden wins? I mean, if Trump. I think Trump, I, I, I think Trump wins, Democrats win the Senate. Win in the Senate. What happens if yeah, Democrats so, win in the Senate? Yeah, so if that happens, Trump wins presidency, Democrats take the House and the Senate. I think that's the worst of the outcomes from a financial markets perspective. Um, well, they're not going to let that. Huh? They're not going to let nothing go through. They can just no. handcuff them. It's four years no. of nothing. But no matter what, irrelevant of who wins, what's far more important is central bank policy, and so. Um, there is unanimous, I think across the aisle, I think a lot of this debate and fighting over this package pre-election is politics, but there is unanimous support for massive stimulus universally. I mean, you're going to see some stuff that has, is unprecedented. I think that we are potentially looking at, you know, literally an order of magnitude increase in the Federal Reserve balance sheet, and that is horrifying to me. And so I think that is gonna happen regardless of whether Trump wins or Biden wins, I think that happens. The only difference is gonna be where it flows to. And so um, I think that Bitcoin is the absolute ultimate hedge against Federal Reserve asset uh, balance sheet inflation. And so um, I think if there's a single correlation in the world that Bitcoin is actually hinged to, I do not think that it's stock markets. I think those are short-term correlations to the stock markets because when there's a risk-off event, correlation goes to one, all assets sell off because it's just a general psychological risk-off. Um, so I think people are foolish to say, oh, but look, markets go down, Bitcoin goes down. Sure, in the short term. But I think you're already starting to see Bitcoin decouple from um, the stock market. And I think that um, that will there will be a continuance of that. I think that, again, the, the most meaningful point I think I'm making is that no matter what, Federal Reserve inflating its balance sheet, no matter what, whether that's doubling or 10xing, Federal Reserve balance sheet increasing, there's going to be massive amounts of stimulus in varying forms. We might even see some form of weird version of universal basic income. And, but almost definitely everybody's going to have a direct account with the Federal Reserve and they're going to be able to put money in your account 
it's pushing the button and um, you're going to see some crazy things happen. And that only supports the price of Bitcoin because, it, you know, and gold, you know, um, uh, you know, I think that if you if you have an appetite for speculation, stock market is going to do well. You have an, you know, you, you don't feel real good about where valuations are at. You don't feel real good about the world right now. You know, I look at it and I go, ah, I mean, I'd like to own big gold and Bitcoin. You know, um, uh, that's my take. So, do you think? Do you think when like so right now, one of the uh, salespeople messaged me today and said. Uh, one of the buyers I was talking to has zero interest in talking to me today. They said they just want to watch the election. They'll call me in a few days. Do you, yeah. think, do you think companies are going to be more open to buying domain names and getting them into their fourth quarter purchasing plans um, after this election, or do you think it's going to tighten up depending on the outcome? Do you think if Trump's elected? I think it depends on the outcome. I think it depends on the outcome, right? I mean, you know, just just being unbiased, apolitical about it. It's like, all right, Biden wins. Corporate taxes going up, twenty percent minimum. But he so, can't make a tax plan. He can't make a tax plan by the. No, end. not tomorrow. It's not happening tomorrow. It might happen three years. You know, later. two years. Yeah, it might happen two years from now. But but it doesn't matter. The moment people expect it, it gets priced into the market. That and that that's in you know stock prices as well as budget decisions. So, um, I think that um, uh, I think that. Uh, yes, it will have, depending on the outcome, it will, it will, it will have some impact. But I, 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 the truth is it, it's going to make, it's very, 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 very quickly going to start making sense to every trade corporate treasurer in the world. It does not make a lot of sense, especially when we start seeing stock markets fly even further. We start seeing real estate, you know, quality real estate. Um, you know, in-demand scarce real estate increasing at crazy rates. When we start seeing anything that anybody wants to buy, not not the price of your bread and the price of your orange juice, but assets. When you start seeing asset prices skyrocket, when suddenly, you know, that Bitcoin that you thought was expensive at $13,000 is suddenly $60,000. When the you know, the bond that you thought you could buy that would pay you $50,000 a year in passive zero risk income from the United States government, when that goes from being, you know, I, I don't you know, I don't even know, you, you, I, I think, uh, you know, you need like $10 million to generate 50 grand in passive income right now. You know, like it'll very, 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 very soon be, you know, instead of 10 million, it'll be 50 million, and then it'll be 20, 25, and then there'll be no yield in government bonds. So, in fact, there'll be a negative yield. So, uh, there already is a real negative yield because of inflation. So, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, more, but more money comes out of budgets, more money comes out of corporate treasuries as capital asset acquisitions across the board and, and domain names are going to benefit from that especially with all the other compounding factors that that's my take okay there's going to loose money loose money loose monetary policy is good for assets right it's good for asset prices so you know I, I i think unless there's any reason on the horizon that domains suddenly become 
less important. I would argue that there's lots of things on the horizon that you're going to make domains more important. But if there was something on the horizon that was going to make domains less important, then sure, I'd handicap it. But I think that no matter who wins, we're going to see a lot of loose monetary policy. And I think that that's going to drive, it's going to cause absolute mayhem, uh, uh, massive underlying social problems. But, um, you know, financially, it's going to drive financial assets and it's going to flow into corporations. And then corporations aren't going to want to sit on cash and they're going to buy more productive assets. And that includes domains. But I've seen some charts, um, uh, some employee charts from a major um, uh, investment firm that um, show every election has this cycle, no matter how high or low, it's the same cycle. And even though um, you know it's averaged out to 150 and this is astronomically higher, I think in general, the human behavior is pretty likely to be the same. Um, what concerns me is more psychological about the fear that that speaks of and the um, almost like the turtle pulling in. It's, it's so much conserving. Um, and that just, I mean, literally psychologically, you, when you experience fear, you develop tunnel vision. And that's, you know, a brilliant biological method to help you find your escape and focus on just getting out. And um, literally, your other options are um, less visible. And so I just feel like we're so close and maybe four years from now when I assume, I mean, it seems like every year these elections just escalate in polarization, in fear. And, um, but I feel like the combination of the uncertainty of coronavirus, the um, tremendous fear it speaks of to have 750 billion extra dollars squirreled away, um, I don't, those don't sound like the kind of people or frankly corporations who are going to try something new, the majority of them. I think there will be a small percent and that four years or eight years from now, you know, when we're used to this level of fear and craziness, it's more likely to be a different financial behavior, no matter like, no matter what. I agree with what you're saying, right? Like, I think you're spot on that we will see human behavior changes very slowly. So, you know, regardless of whether it's 150 million or 750 million, human behavior will act accordingly. The difference here is that we have never before in history had interest rates this low, negative interest rates, and a Federal Reserve chairman that's declared war on cash, a, United, a president that's declared war on cash, a Senate, Congress, everybody. There's nobody that wants you to save your money. There's no, literally no, not a single person in the entirety of humanity today who is in a position of power. There is not a single human being who wants you to save your cash. And in fact, they are doing everything within their power to force you to not save your cash. If you save your cash, they will take it from you. That is a fact. That is not an observation that's debatable. Take it from you. They're going to take it from you in the form of inflation, in the form of taxes, in the form of property taxes, in the form of banking fees, 
in the form of negative interest rates, yep. in all sorts of forms, they're going to, let's say, they're not going to take your money, they're going to take your purchasing power. Yep. They're going to take some of your money too. They do that, they do that they're to everyone. They're take taking 40 something percent of their income every year, right? So, um, yeah, but that's different. That's taking new capital. That's taking a tax on new capital. We're talking about taking a tax on existing capital that you thought you were saving, oh, but actually you're, you're, you're inadvertently spending. Yeah. So I think that that, that that paradigm shift is going to force very quickly. This is not things which are apparent to the majority of people yet, but very, very, very soon, when the distraction of this election is over, it is going to become wildly apparent and it's going to punch people in the face that their money is being squandered away. That when the government says we're going to introduce universal basic income, when the government says we're going to just support everybody, we're going to start giving, you need money, we got you. You need healthcare, we got you. you need when they start giving away the money, you need to stop and scratch yourself and go, wait a minute, but where does that come from? Comes from you. So I find it I find it with all this stimulus that the government and people have forgotten a, a little word called capitalism and, and, and inflation, which is going to occur, right? You can't, capitalism does not exist anymore. It doesn't. Like, why are people disappointed there that the stimulus packages have stopped for now? A company that shouldn't stay open anymore should close. The people yes. that work for that company should be put into unemployment, which the unemployment insurance, which has been paid, so they can go and find a new job at a company that needs you. Mm -hmm. And then let that company fold. The, the one that made me scratch my head was United when they laid off like 10,000 people. They said publicly, we would love not to- not lay anybody off. We, well, they said, we would have loved to keep these people longer, but the stimulus that we were given didn't cover and, and that there's not a new stimulus coming out. Well, so are you going to let 10,000 people just sit around and look at each other at all the airports across the, the world and you're going to just keep yeah. paying? Let them go. Maybe JetBlue needs you. Maybe it's time to find a new career. Maybe just do something else. Like let, let cap, capitalism take its course. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's really going to be an interesting thing. And I, I think um, we've been blessed and I've been blessed as a, as a person and a family and as a company that we've, through these hard times, have, um, I, I mean, you go and tell anybody, yeah, I, I started a business this year. I was getting my hair cut and the woman was like, oh, Jesus, really? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, great. I'm like, we just hired two more people. And she like stopped cutting my hair. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, but everyone just assumes I'm probably going out of business, you know? Um, I probably looked like it because I hadn't had a haircut in six months. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I think like um, it, it, there's a lot of fear, like, like Tess said, I agree. I mean, I was afraid for a long time, but I've blocked a lot of this negativity out. And, um, you know, I'm just focusing on the stuff that matters and um, trying to make the right decisions with investing in the stock market, investing in Bitcoin, buying potentially some well-priced domains, if it makes sense and investing uh, in the people that work for me and the company that we're trying to build as a group, right? And then I think that's the best bet you can make is building, working on your business. And mm -hmm. um, I was talking to somebody- 100%. Yeah, I, I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday who's very much deep into the domain industry and they own a number of extensions and we were talking about inflation and how it's gonna help uh, hurt us as individuals and uh, our businesses in general if, if inflation spins out of control. He made a good point. 
inflation occurs when you're comparing, comparing your currency to other currencies. Now, the countries that we're comparing our currency to have done immense amounts of stimulus as well. So if you, everyone devalues their currency, then yeah, People happens? are looking at, current, at inflation wrong. We're, we're going to get zero consumer price inflation. Zero. There will be, you, you if believe- you're sitting around thinking that there's consumer price inflation coming, you're, that's not the right perspective. Hard ass. Like everything's moving to software. That's super deflationary. Like everybody in the world is going to be doing stimulus. That's super, you know, like that, that basically is a net zero, right? So more or less, but we're not, we're in a super deflationary environment. Like businesses are closing and like, you know, people aren't spending the $750 billion being saved up because people don't have anywhere to spend it. Like, well, the spending so is not. It's spending, kinetic energy. It's kinetic energy. But spending is not. Will re-enter the market. Confidence in spending is not down right now, which is strange. No, they just don't have a place to spend it. They <laughs> can't go on vacations. They can't. You know, it's like sure. You know, what are they going to do? Go out and buy. You know, more crap for the house. Going to buy. You know, but like the the big ticket items, nobody's spending. Like people aren't buying new cars. I don't even like home. shopping anymore. I used to enjoy it. I can't stand. I hate it. it. I hate okay, shopping. Okay. I, I direct this back to domains both of you are brokers of generally you know six and seven figure domains which are large purchases for corporations how would you adjust your sales pitch to a corporation that's giving you an objection that either times are too certain um, you know they need to see what's coming in in the next year um, what what um, how would you specifically adjust a sales pitch for starting tomorrow, November 4th, through say the end of Q4? I would, I would probably urge um, a buyer right now to put down a good amount of capital as a down payment that makes sense for all parties and try to make a payment plan for as long as you can. And if you can lock yeah. in that price and inflation happens, uh, number one, you've locked in an, a hard asset at, at a good price that makes sense to your business. And then if things don't go well over the next two or three years, if you do a two-year payoff, three-year payoff, you can let it go. Or you really, and I know sometimes it sounds like a sales pitch, but like if it's a really good mid-six-figure name or a million-dollar name, there is buyers. Even if you do take a loss, you can probably yeah. recover a good amount of your down payment and what you've put into it before you default it. Right? Yeah. So, which you can't say the same for a lot of other assets. Other names, like some of these names that we were talking about today, like, you know, double your money and you paid 30 grand for it. It's going to be hard to get 30 grand back. You could, in taking it to the open market. Can you get 10? Probably, right? But like, but like a big, you know, big time name, you know, that is worth half of the like dinner and takeout. There's still a market for that. There's always going to be buyers for it. So if you do good terms that are favorable to your business that don't hurt it. You can build the, build the name. So you haven't invested a million dollars in it. Now it's sitting there. You have to put a manager on it. You got to put a developer on it. You got to plan your plan, your plan of attack, all that fun stuff that goes into it, all the content writing. I mean, it's a big investment. So, you know, you got to put it all over a period of time. Even if you have 10 million sitting in the bank, you spend 1 million on domain name. Why not pay it off over four or five years? If the price of hard assets, which Drew and I are agreeing is potentially going to go up significantly over the next three to five years. Yeah. And if the prices, if all the prices tank, this isn't like getting a mortgage on your house. 
you know, the terms are very loose. It isn't said resold through the Fed. Like if the, if the domain market turns to total shit and the seller who owns this is praying that the payments are coming in, you can potentially renegotiate terms. So that is- I just don't even think that it's a worthy argument. Like, I don't even think it's worth talking about. Like, you know, and, and I know, obviously I'm talking my book, but like, in my mind there's literally a zero chance that domain market goes to shit because we are literally just at the nexus of like a bunch of major tailwinds. There is a dovetailing of like a, a major confluence of events, like from, you know, the Fed just inflating its balance sheet, potentially astronomically, but there's a zero debate about whether it's going to continue to inflate the balance sheet. Like but even that's if happening, the only really question of how much. But even if the price, of, all of those things happen, and let's say you hit it on the head, but like let's say- Digitalization, you, is that getting, is, is there anybody in the world saying that digitalization is about to slow down, right? No. No. Like all of these new markets that are developing, right? Like they, they, we didn't even think about six months ago. Like, you know, you mentioned like, yeah, you started a new business in the middle of a pandemic. Like hat tip, no question about it. But let me tell you something. There's a lot of people starting businesses in digital spaces that are better than the business they had before that got killed by COVID. And like, yeah. there's people like, we just had a dog trainer, okay? We just, we got a new puppy. We wanted to hire a dog trainer. We couldn't find somebody locally that somebody, that some, we couldn't find a recommendation locally of somebody that actually spoke English. Somebody recommended this lady in England. She did a Zoom dog training with us and she's like, I, you know, she's like a very highly recommended dog trainer. I think she has like, you know, she's, she's out there, but amazing. She did a great job, but she's like a foo-foo dog trainer that like people recommend. Right. And so she's like, I've got a client in Saudi Arabia. Now I've got a client in the Philippines. I've got a client in South Africa. Uh, you know, like you're my first exactly. client in Portugal. Like her clients were within like 10 square blocks of her prior to COVID. And now her clients are on seven continents. So I agree. We have a teacher who's teaching my son a Lego class right now who is the exact <laughs> same, like 10 kids pay $50 for three classes and she's made 500 and she's just doing the same class over and over and over again. And she's pretty yeah. good. Kids build little, little bridges and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Oh man, I want to do that. Send me I a link. <laughs> Send me a link. <laughs> all right. But yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a lot of people that have adjusted to this, right? And, um, and I think that's great, but like you're not sitting there with their hands out saying, where's my basic income? Where's my stimulus? They're doing something about it. And if I was at United, and even if the stimulus was carrying me along, sitting at, at the, like the luggage, whatever station, with no luggage coming out for the last four months and just sitting there staring off into the distance, I'd at least be sitting there like with Rosetta Stone learning the language. Very nice, good to hear, Jeff. All right, Drew, uh, anything Media Options has going on you wanna give a holler out to? Uh, we just keep chugging along. That's it. That's all it is. How do you just think the end of the along. year? I think, um, you know, I, I, I think uh, the last 30 days has been, um, you know, there's a few outliers, but it was, you know, things people are on hold, sort of see what's going on, you know, with the election and the outcome and, and um, you know, I think it's just a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. And, and but I think, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be unusual Q4. Typically, we do 
more than half of the business of the entire year in Q4. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Um, uh, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. We have some very exciting, you know, announcements that are going to be coming in, in the end of Q4. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, I think I think it's going to be a great 2021. I have very little outlook on what the rest of this year is going to look like. I think it's going to go by very quickly. I really don't know what it's going to look like. I know that there's going to be a lot of change coming. I, but I can tell you that I, I'm very excited. 2021 will be pretty, I'm pretty bullish on 2021 for domain names. That, that's, that I can say with a very high degree of conviction that. So uh, home, home party good. in 2021? Yeah, home party in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, yeah. thank you so much for joining. We'll see you thank next you. time. Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I what do a great to have you, Jeff. All right, take care. Bye.